Chapter Thirty of the Queen of Appalachia. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kalada. The Queen of Appalachia by Joe H. Borders. Chapter Thirty. A reception for the dethroned queen. Thornton, our little nurse is a heroine, and I am glad she won out. Are you going up to New Jersey? It is no use to ask you to go along," answered Paul. "Why not resign, Brownlee, and enjoy the sweets of a good long rest? I am anxious to have you meet the ex-queen of Appalachia. You tempt me, old man, and I can get away without difficulty. Professor Long would cheerfully take charge of my department. I am sure. Hallelujah! Roared Paul. It was nearly nine o'clock on a Wednesday evening when a delayed train on the Pennsylvania Central steamed into Quinton, a sprightly little town in New Jersey. Two passengers got off and were soon lost in the crowd, as fully a score of Quinton passengers were aboard and quickly filled the platform. Here are the checks, young man, and be quick about it. Do you hear? All right, boss. I'll take 'em right up. Golly, boss, but they're heavy," said the porter, shaking trunks. Two blocks up, did you say, Charlie? Yes, sir. Right on the corner, sir. Everyone's know the Arrington House, boss. Armed with this information, Paul and Brownlee reached the hotel in safety. And after a hasty bath and a warm dinner, they were shown to their rooms, where they began preparations for a late social call. On the train, they learned from the conversation of a jolly crowd of passengers, who were checked for Quentin, that a grand reception and ball were to be given at the Temple home that evening, in honor of its guest, Queen Angelina. And they were greatly amused at time when these Quentin-bound passengers discussed the Appalachian Queen. So ludicrous were the many of the portraits that were pictured by this merry throng of the queen, that broad smiles were frequently visible on the faces of our two passengers. Thinking he would give May a surprise, Paul had not warned her of their coming, and when apologizing for the neglect afterward, he laughingly reminded her of the result of such a warning a few years ago. Before reaching Quentin, therefore, having discovered the facts of the reception, they concocted a little scheme and were now busily preparing to spring it. It was a quarter to ten, and the ball was at its height. Quentin society was out in full force. Scores of out-of-town and city guests were enjoying the greatest social event in the history of Quentin. The elegant home and grounds were brilliantly lighted for the occasion. And an excellent band from the city was discoursing delightful music. As Paul and Brownlee approached the festal scene, they discovered the lawn dotted here and there with merry guests, as they expected on such a beautiful September night, and they quickly entered the grounds and mingled with the crowd. Presently, they saw May, who dodged in and out from the several lively out-of-door groups, as if in search of someone. Paul nudged Brownlee, who started after the fleeting little hostess, and awaiting a favorable opportunity, allowed her to run into him.
I beg a thousand pardons, said he, quickly bowing low. Don't mention it. Why, I, I guess I am mistaken. I, upon my word, spoke he in the midst of her embarrassment and actually blushing. Surely I have seen that face somewhere. Ah, no, I must be at fault. Your face seems familiar. Pardon me. You are Mr. Brownlee. You must be, smilingly exclaimed May. And you are the nurse, the sister. Of course it is you. What a pleasant surprise. Thank you. I was just passing and was attracted by the cheerfulness and gaiety of the surroundings. And when the strains from the orchestra reached me, I could not resist the temptation and unconsciously violated. No apologies are necessary, I assure you, Mr. Brownlee. I did not dream you were here. Come in. I want you to meet Mama and some friends of mine. I have a surprise for you. He suffered her to lead him on, and a few moments later he was presented to Queen Angelina. Mr. Brownlee is a friend and chum of Mr. Thornton, said she to Angelina, and a personal acquaintance of Queen Olivet. Delighted to know you, said she, surprised. Thank you, replied he. Entertain Mr. Brownlee, Lena, until I find George. I'll be back in a moment. And she left them together. Paul had seated himself in a half-secret position, apart from the guest, and had witnessed the scene just described, but could not catch the conversation. He watched May's every movement, and was only awaiting an opportunity to play his part of the program, when she met a young man whom he had noticed smoking a cigar on the east side. Why, George, I have been looking everywhere for you. Why don't you come in? I'm enjoying myself, he replied hoarsely. Yes, but dear, you promised me a dance and... Oh, I don't care to dance. Why, George, you know you do. Tell me, dear, are you mad at me? I gave you warning and advice. Now, George, you surely ain't mad about that. I would have avoided it. But you know I could not slide them. Come in and dance once with me. Please do. Think how long it has been since we danced. No, I'm not going in, said he rather roughly. You are mean to me, George. You do not love me as you used to. I know you don't. Why, I have thought of you night and day continually and dreamed of your happiness on my return home. Come, sweet. Kiss me and say you forgive me. That's a good boy. Paul could not endure it another moment and had instantly changed his plans. He had learned to love May and he realized the presence of another whom she adored and worshipped. With his own eyes and ears, he had seen and heard enough to convince him she was false to him. It was a wretched moment and his suffering was intense. He was madly jealous and in his chaotic condition, he marched right up to the pair with no settled policy. Reaching within a few feet of her, he called her. May. She recognized the voice and, looking up, jumped to her feet and sprang into his arms. Oh, Paul, how could you? Kissing him. George, George, this is Mr. Thornton. My brother, Paul. Oh, but this is splendid. Come to the house. Pulling him along in her delight at seeing him. Mr. Brownlee is here. Oh, I see. You wanted to give us a surprise.
End of chapter thirty. A reception for the dethroned queen. Recorded by Kolada.